Of the many things I suspect my children will both thank me for and spend years in therapy recovering from, the phrase proper place is probably near the top of the list. On the spectrum from cleanness-obsessed neat freak to junk-tolerant compulsive hoarder, I'm definitely at the neatness end. So as soon as our children were old enough to understand the phrase, I started drilling into them the idea that at the end of each day, or at least once a week, okay, well, at least when friends were coming over, the flotsam and jetsam of our family life should all be put back in its proper place. In a kind of demented version of musical chairs, we'd queue up 10 minutes worth of music and target one part of our home. At the end of 10 minutes, everything that was out of place needed to be put back, or, if its proper place was in another part of the house, put in a laundry basket commandeered for that purpose. Anything that was not in its place or in the laundry basket by the time the music stopped was to be summarily thrown in the trash. In the last moments before the music stopped, out-of-place books, homework papers, and beloved stuffed animals would all dangle menacingly over the trash can— to be rescued most of the time by laughing or shrieking children. My proper place game, like so much in parenting young children, walked a fine line between effective and ruthless. More cleanup got done in ten minutes of music-fueled, trash-can-threatened frenzy than in days of half-hearted reminders. And at the end, Dad got a clean house... The stuffed animals were safely back in the bedrooms, and the children were only slightly traumatized. Of course, I never made good on my threats to put anything of real value in the trash, though the difference between what I and my children considered of real value will no doubt be further material for those future therapy sessions. This book is about how to find the proper place for technology in our family lives, and how to keep it there. If only it were as simple as cleaning up a bunch of stuffed animals. Technology is literally everywhere in our homes. Not only the devices in our pockets, but the invisible electromagnetic waves that flood our homes. This change has come about overnight, in the blink of an eye, in terms of human history and culture. When previous generations confronted the perplexing challenges of parenting and family life, they could fall back on wisdom, or at least old wives' tales, that had been handed down for generations— but the pace of technological change has surpassed anyone's capacity to develop enough wisdom to handle it. We are stuffing our lives with technology's new promises with no clear sense of whether technology will help us keep the promises we've already made. That sense of overwhelmed uncertainty applies to the author of this book and to my own family. I can't possibly tell you how to handle the new app that your 15-year-old will want to install on her phone next week, I don't even know, honestly, how to handle all the technology my family and I already have. And I'm a certified geek who has loved technology. Ever since my dad brought home a computer terminal and modem in the 1970s, kids, ask your grandparents what those were. But I do know this. If we don't learn to put technology, in all its forms, in its proper place, we will miss out on many of the best parts of life in a family. I've had the incredible, perplexing, and rewarding joy of parenting two children through the teenage years with my wife, Catherine, who is, by the way, a scientist who builds extraordinary technology in her lab, and yet is incredibly sane in her lack of obsession with technology at home. As our children leave high school, we realize how much of the joy that we've experienced along the way and know today has come from the radical choices and commitments we made 
to keep technology in its proper place. We haven't always made the right choices, and it hasn't always been easy. Some of what I'll share in this book comes from friends and mentors who had much more insight than we did and much more courage. A lot of it is informed by our Christian faith, which gives us the clearest way we know of understanding who we really are and who, by grace, we are meant to be. What it all adds up to is a set of nudges, disciplines, and choices that can keep technology in its proper place, leaving room for the hard and beautiful work of becoming wise and courageous people together. Indeed, becoming wise and courageous is what family is really about, and it is what this book is really about, too. This book wouldn't exist without my friends David, Roxanne, and their team at Barna Group, who urged me to write it and have been essential companions in the process. The